Hi guys, thanks for dropping in. This is Marie speaking from a new radio show on Source Radio called Dardasha. And we are three girls, my Lena and I, who bring you interviews with creative people from the MENA region, from the Middle East and North Africa. This is the first episode where I met with Tunisian-French DJ Missiness in the JCR on the 10th of November after she had a hip-hop session with Lebanese rapper El Ras at Rich Mix. And we talked about her work and her sounds and um, also a bit of politics. So I hope you enjoy this episode from Dardasha on SOAS Radio. Hi guys, thanks for dropping in. I'm here with the Tunisian-French... DJ artist Missy Ness. She just had an awesome show with Lebanese hip-hop legend El Ras yesterday. Thanks for that, first of all. And she played sets all over Europe and the Middle East, working with different hip-hop artists from uh, the MENA region, but also from Europe. And her mixes incorporate lots of styles and languages, always returning to hip-hop, though. And yeah, but now we just want to talk about you for a bit. And for our listeners who do not y know you, we should start with the basics. Miss Ines, can you tell us about yourself and about your name, maybe? So my name is Ines, so that's why my DJ name is Miss Ines. And also because I, I love Miss Elliot a lot. So she's a true source of inspiration. So it was a good uh, synergy between this and that. Well, I do DJ since uh, something like a decade now. And as you said, I mainly play urban sounds and mainly hip hop, but not only hip hop. And I have a main influence from uh, Arabic sounds and Turkish sounds, somehow African sounds, also East Africa, West Africa. Yeah, I try to like show all my influences in, in my sets. Yeah, cool. We um, started with your sounds already. I listened to one of your tracks. They had a lot of yeah 70s Turkish tracks. What's your process in finding these um, very diverse songs? Well, 70s Turkish like music is not exactly what I play a lot. Because it's not that I don't like this, but it doesn't sound that urban first. And second, it, there's a big trend about it now like 70s 60s Turkish Iranian Arabic Lebanese like sounds and I'm not the kind of teacher that goes into trends I think yeah I'm, I'm, I'm more like trying to explore some confidential music some confidential scenes also when I started to explore the Arab Arab hip-hop scene it was like I don't know, in 2010, something like this. So it's been a while now, even before, because I was living in Tunisia in 2007. So I was already like hanging out with the rappers in Tunisia. And at this time, like all of this music was very confidential, actually, like very underground. Um, it wasn't that easy to like find, for example, shows or yeah, go out in a concert or even finding music wasn't that easy and I just felt that this music and what is happening there somehow is gonna explode 
and be more um, accessible and be, be more known. So I focused somehow my energy for a few years actually on this scene and on this music from Tunisia to Palestine to Lebanon to Jordan. Then I went to Egypt also. Recently I was in Morocco. So um, I don't know. It's just that you discover something and you dig and through the first track you discovered or artist, you will discover another one and another one and another one. And step by step with time and curiosity, you end up like knowing a lot of music and a lot of different sounds. Also, I think Arab hip hop is definitely like it's, it, it seems surprising, but not that much. Arab, Arab hip hop, like sample, like the, the producer, they sample a lot of like classical Arabic music. It's actually a very good way to discover classical Arabic music is to hear for Arab hip hop. So we've been talking about hip hop a bit and it's um, for me it's a very political genre that can transport a lot of, you know, yeah, it's very political. Why do you keep coming back to hip hop? Like what's your take on the genre? <laughs> I think, first of all, I think hip-hop is my musically my first love. Well, I'm not talking about what you hear when you're not even a teenager. Huh? I'm talking about the first kind of music that I really had a crush on, and that is properly music, not something produced for a um, historical kid, okay? So, yeah, that, that was my first like love in terms of music, hip-hop. And I guess the fact that I grew up in a in a place in Paris in the 18th dis district actually in a place that is known for his immigration where you have probably a majority of people coming from immigration from mainly from North Africa and uh, West Africa this played like a big role because my area where I grew up is famous for hip-hop, is famous for having one of the first place where there was like block parties happening and stuff like this. Um, we also have a bunch of emblematic hip-hop bands, um, French hip-hop bands like Scred Connection, for example. So, you know, I think this played like a very big role in my musical identity and in the fact that I feel like I relate to this music because this music talks about my reality, about my daily life, about what I see like each time I go out from my house in Paris or something. Yeah, I think hip-hop has like two main aspects for me. The musical aspect, it's a very like rich, complete music where you can use a bunch of influences. There's no limits, like you can do whatever you want with hip-hop. You can sample classical music, uh, jazz, and jazz is very important in hip-hop. Of course, soul music, funk music, but also like, I don't know, if you want to sample a K-pop song or anything, something like traditional, African traditional Senegalese music or Latino music or no matter what you want to do like hip-hop gives you this freedom and also it's a music that is every time like uh, moving it's constant evolution like from the 80s to now the sound is very very like different and we have now what we call trap music with cloud hip-hop and you know so of course there's kinds of hip-hop that I feel more close to that I prefer it doesn't matter what I do prefer what's matter is 
is that this music is still here while everybody was saying that it's just a trend or you know it's gonna end up like uh, as quick that it it came yeah so that's the first aspect that makes me love hip-hop of course the second aspect is what you write when you're an MC a lyricist and yeah hip-hop is very political hip-hop can be everything even like I don't know you can do a track like ego trip track or something more like to bounce or something more like to party but the essence of hip-hop has something political just because it was like born and created in uh, ghetto ghettos in, in the United United States sorry this association of something that is beautiful musically and artistically and something that also has like a message like uh, that can be something you use to protest to talk to explain to talk about inequalities injustice racism no matter what um, I think yeah definitely this music talks to me and and I like to express through this music too so we touched upon the fact that you're French-Tunisian or Tunisian-French, whichever way you prefer. So maybe you can talk about your relation to Tunisia and France and like the way I think the way I understood it is you uh, work between those countries a lot, but also in the whole of the region, uh, talking about Europe and the MENA region. Well, I haven't been to Tunisia since a while actually now. I used to go there like, I don't know, to have one feet in Paris, one feet in in Tunisia for years actually but as last this last years I was in Jordan I spent time in Palestine I was in Morocco I was in Egypt and also like I wanted to discover um, other places other cities other scenes other worlds <laughs> so I couldn't like focus on too many countries at the same time um, but Tunisia is, of course, like something very important, an element like very important and essential in my life. I'm happy that I made the move like it was 12 years ago now. Oh my God. I, I made this move that I decided like to go back to my roots. <laughs> so I decided to go live in Tunisia when I was 19 years old. And I think this changed a lot of things in my life, actually, because my background wasn't just a background anymore it became a true part of me it became something preeminent in my life actually and um, yeah I always like keep myself aware of what is happening there and yeah I think it's important well I don't know if you remember during the show but uh, Ras at some point uh, introduced me and he says uh, in Arabic he says yeah this is Miss Ines this is Tunisia and then he says this is the Arabs in France and I really really appreciated that yeah. he said this that he mentioned this because it's not that I'm not fully Tunisian of course I'm fully Tunisian but um, my reality as a diaspora person is very different uh, from the reality of someone that grew up in Tunisia or Morocco or Algeria or no matter where I think I have a lot of privilege because I grew up in France, simply because I have uh, the French uh, citizenship. So it allows me to like move in many, many countries without having to ask a visa and stuff. But also, I don't know, I've somehow, like, um, I think we diaspora kids somehow have to make an effort to like um, have a better understanding of 
who we are and what is our culture mm-hmm. somehow I don't think uh, it's for everyone the same but this is what I felt and this is what some of my friends are also feeling because it's a special culture I might say that there's there's always a lot of cultures everywhere like even you go in Tunisia like between someone from the high class and someone that comes from a worker or something like the culture is different uh, diaspora is a culture itself actually and it took me a while to understand this and it took me a while to feel comfortable somehow with this it's not something as easy and that's why I was happy and proud somehow that Taras mentioned this because yeah I can't like say that I'm French and I can't say that I'm Tunisian without mentioning that I'm a Tunisian that grew up not in Tunisia. So introducing me as a Arab in France, it actually sums up like so many things in my reality. I will never be like a French person, white French person. Um, and if I go in Tunisia, I will never be like a Tunisian uh, born person. So Arab in France is <laughs> actually like pretty close of the reality. Living the intersectional life the whole way, basically. Yeah, although I don't ask myself those questions like every time or in my daily life, fortunately, because it will be like somehow a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, when it's time to think about it, yeah, I... I somehow agree with what you just said. You are a big part, actually, the creative director also of the Intransit project. And um, yeah, can you maybe tell us a bit more about that? In Transit, like, um, it's a series of concerts. We started this in 2015, late 2015 with Elsara, she was in Paris, Elsara and the New Buttons. We met and at this time there was uh, street camps and I think there are still street camps actually in Paris. But I mean, it was it was something like very big. There was a lot of people arriving every day. Nothing, no one to welcome them like properly. I, I mean, in terms of state uh, um, project or something like this so people were unfortunately staying in the street and I met Elsara and I told her like what is happening in Paris the fact that there's a lot of Sudanese people actually in the street and she came to the camp and we talked and she told me that she would like to somehow offer a concert for the refugees but not only the refugees for everyone anyway this is how it started actually like it was supposed to be a one-shot concert uh, with Elsara and the New Batons and uh, I ended up like doing other editions and other editions and other editions and now uh, a festival asked me to uh, incorporate in transit in his in the programmation of the festival and stuff like this so yeah it became a kind of platform to discover underground and, and urban artists from Middle East and North Africa and also other places but mainly from Middle East, Middle East and North Africa so recently we did a concert with Synaptic that is a Palestinian rapper he's great huh? <laughs> he's a Palestinian rapper uh, based in Amman by the way and Kaz that is also like a Palestinian rapper based in Amman and yeah 
Yeah, so we did a lot of like nice concerts with Shedia Mansour, with... Uh, so in transit is also a project that um, crosses borders, basically? I mean, not really. We cross cities, <laughs> we go to south of France, but um, there's like this idea, of course, of doing concerts like in other places, in France. Yeah, for now, I'm, I'm just done with the tour within transit, so for now, <laughs> no more in transit for a while. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, about politics. We've always touched upon the topic. I can see from your um, public appearance, wearing shirts with like political meanings, um, and also in your um, in your sets, you incorporate political messages. You seem to be quite a, a political person. Yeah, can can you tell us more about that? Your how you use the arts that you're doing for political messages? Well, um, I think first of all it's important to mention that I see art itself as something political. I'm not using art to like f do something political. Art itself is political. Uh, also, it's not properly art, I think. <laughs> Maybe it sounds very posh to say it this way. I don't know. For me, like art have to like perturb something or into a person or into a society or into like, I don't know, disturb power or but it have to it, it has to disturb something as you said I mean I'm I'm a hip-hop head not only hip-hop but mainly I'm a hip-hop head so hip-hop is actually political I don't know it's it's not it's not as easy to talk about it because it's something actually that comes very naturally but of course I traveled in Palestine and I was in Tunisia during uh, the dictatorship Uh, it was still Ben Ali that, yeah, so I, I, I felt this life, I knew about this. Also, I think I come from a very political family without giving too much details, but I grew up in this atmosphere actually of like protests and meetings and uh, projects and I don't know, flyers, political flyers. This was my reality and it's still somehow so... It's something very, yeah, it's something very natural and politics comes into my music like without even like, I don't really realize it, yeah. But sometimes it's more obvious. I don't know, for example, I host a lot of Palestinian artists in my In Transit project and I play a lot of Palestinian hip hop or, uh, you know. So yeah, it's always here around. It's even when I, I realize that even when I'm like, okay, let's not do something politic, let's do something artistic it's doesn't work it's actually always there somehow so yeah again this is not the question that I I don't ask myself these questions every day but it seems relevant if you saw it if you mention it if you spotted this even while I'm not always trying to like do something political it means that it happens uh, either I want or not so yeah I think I have to deal with this but I think it's really um, it's really great that you're that this is such an organic process for you because I have the feeling that especially today a lot of artists are like um, yes I'm deliberately being apolitical and I don't think that works I think artists always incorporates always a kind of message it always has a meaning even if you're not trying to be political you're supporting like if you're not trying to use the position that you have you're kind of supporting the system as it is you know what I mean I think I mean I think or you or you don't mind 
mind and you go into this very capitalist way to do art or you mind a little bit and then you'll be political you want it or not yeah, exactly. I mean yeah some some artists are very like honest about the fact that they don't care and that they want to make money with music or with contemporary visual arts or I don't know what and some others like I don't know you just take care about what you say or the way you say it or the color you use in your painting or why you decide to perform there and not there and stuff and everything gets political you want it or not so I mean from my point as I told you and as you mentioned it I am a political person so of course it makes the, the it's different for me because there's something like conscious about my political statement somehow and but I think a lot of people does it like are doing this but not not consciously mm -hmm. and in the end they can be very and even more political than others that are trying to be political and that yeah. are not so um what do you like do you feel a kind of anger when you see people that are kind of capitalizing of this because now it's also very cool to be like feminist it's cool to be you know what i mean yeah this is and like and i i i i remember that i shared something like I, i don't know i think it was like few months ago i was passing by um uh A, sh a shop in Paris, okay, a kind of, I don't know how you call it, but uh, uh, a market, a big marketplace, I mean, a place where, uh, how do you call it? A mall? Yeah, a kind of mall, a kind of mall, yeah. And I've seen this like tote bag and it was wrote feminist on it, mm -hmm. you know, it was sell like, I don't know, 16, 17 euros and I went to check inside i was like okay let's guess where it's made yeah and it was made in india man yeah. and i was like okay nice cool guys like you really like doing something that is shitty and that is like i don't know i felt i felt anger at this time because we all know that a building a factory of a closest factory like few years ago like totally failed and the the workers died inside and it was mainly women actually so for me like using this as a trend as something cool to like sell and and this is this is horrible and at the same time there's the fucking power of the capitalism is to be able to use anything even like things that are done against this system yeah. and I have to like yeah like feminism like um, like many things and and also like we can see against racism like how much it's getting trendy and stuff like this um, talking about racism is something very like important and essential and stuff but not talking about class I think it's weird especially because in Europe And in France, immigration, like people like that have like foreign backgrounds, and especially from post-colonial countries like North Africa and West Africa, are usually more poor than uh, white people. So it's very hard for me like to talk about racism without talking about poverty and uh, the class question. And I feel more and more people talking about racism without, without talking about the ec economical problem. Yeah. And yeah, that's my main issue with, uh, with this. So okay, we can, I don't know, it sounds weird for someone like me. I grew up in, um, in a very popular place where uh, people are 
really not advantages like mm. uh, not privileges when it's come to like money and yeah. economic and um, eco economy sorry so um, for me it's damn very important yeah. mm. and um, you're you're a DJ and you're a woman in a very um, male dominated atmosphere maybe you can talk about that as well like do you see a change that is happening now well first of all i'm a f I'm, I'm, i'm a woman in a male dominated world not in a male dominated <laughs> like so yeah <laughs> so the music i mean it's the same it's just like not different from any other uh circle but i don't i, I don't know i think we all have a very different way to appreciate and see what is happening to us as women i don't i'm not the kind of person that shut up in front of anyone telling me something no matter if it's racist or sexist or i don't know just not relevant i don't know just not polite or yeah. i think that i feel this less than uh, other women that maybe are more sensitive to this and that maybe needs more protection somehow and that deserved the protection they need but what's important is to know that I don't really care about being a woman on my turntables when I'm doing music this like I don't know my gender like disappear mm -hmm. somehow it disappears excuse my English <laughs> so yeah my gender disappears and I, I become something musical and not I hope a woman or a man but It's more in my daily life that I can feel somehow that people are talking to me this way or this way because I'm a woman. And in general, I try to like, although sometimes I'm tired and I don't want to do it, but in general, I always systematically reply to anyone that says anything sexist or that has also any like sexist behavior. So it's very important for me like to defend myself against this and to mention when I feel that I hear or feel anything sexist happening to me. And I had to do it a lot recently. I think, I mean, the more advanced in my projects I am, the, this is where I feel sexism, actually. I don't know, like, for example, as a direct, as an artistic director for In Transit, somehow I had to collaborate with other people or other, other collective and other crews. And especially, like, without mentioning who, I had to collaborate with a crew, like, with only guys, only men in it and it was very hard. I think they saw me in a powerful position where I'm able to do many things because I learned or, you know, and this is where, like, uh, this is when I, where I felt that some, something is disturbing them, mm -hmm. you know, and I think the, this experience of being a woman and uh, having a kind of power and uh, abilities and um, being used to lead something, mm -hmm. This is where I felt the more the uh, more sexism yeah. actually. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's still a recent experience, and I'm still like thinking of it and trying to analyze it because it never happened to me this way before. Okay. So I think when we talk about the music scene and the DJ scene, it's great that there's more and more women, but. Like to be honest, I won't. I'm not. I'm not the kind of person that will be like, oh, she's a woman. It's cool. No, I'm just listening for your music. And if you're a woman and a woman and doing like amazing things, I'll be happy if you're a woman and 
doing shit like you're just doing shit <laughs> true um and you also don't want your work to be viewed in a different way just because you're a woman i guess no like, definitely not i just like i want to be like killing the stage and doing like crazy music and this is the most important for me yeah. honestly And maybe we can talk a bit more about like the gigs you go to, what kind of places that is, and yeah. I have no limits almost <laughs> about where I'm playing. It's so funny because recently I was playing in a squat in Brussels, a kind of like punk queer anarchist squat called Barlock. And um, I met there like a girl that is uh, audio engineer and she was my audio engineer when I was playing in a very big institution in Paris and it was so funny she was looking at me like wow <laughs> I'm used to see you at this institution and now I'm seeing you in this squad so she was like very perturbed because she never expected that I can go I can be there and yeah. there so it was funny but yeah I mean I like to experience uh, a maximum different things um, of course I enjoy more when I'm playing I don't know in a club in Cairo than when I'm playing in I don't know opening an exhibition is different than playing a squat yeah. in Brussels so if I want to go into the music that I really love with uh, being like very underground and Of course, it's more interesting somehow to play in a squat, but also I like to go out of my comfort zone as a DJ and as a person. So I think I need I need different atmospheres because yeah, playing a squat I can I can go to my essence, but also playing opening of exhibition or something like this institutional puts me in danger, and I, and I love this musically. It's very important for me because if it's too easy, I'm not fully enjoying also so yeah yeah do you have a like do you have a favorite gig that you are um yeah well you just said that a favorite kind of gig is there yeah one in Cairo. Uh, I, i have to say that the case of arabic hip-hop is one of my favorite gig it, it's been like i think it's the third time that i play for this gig and it's definitely one of my favorite gig ever yeah so what's your what's your mood at the moment do you have a song in mind Ah, uh, you'll be surprised, like this time I'm listening for, you know the band called The Internet? No, it's an American band from LA, I think. Okay. It's like new soul, jazzy, something. And there's a track called Special Offer. And yeah, I really love it, especially the bass line in the beginning, wow. Thank you. 
the first episode of Dardasha, a new show on SOAS Radio, focusing on creatives from the Middle East and MENA region. You just listened to an interview with Tunisian-French DJ Missy Ness, recorded in the JCR. Um, my name is Marie, and I hope you stay tuned for more episodes by Dardasha. Party before? I don't know what to say, but I could.